When we talk about travel, we talk about the beautiful places we went to, the people we met, and the things we bought as souvenirs. But we never really stop to think about what happens behind the scenes. But that's about to change. Because travel is about seeing the world differently, and this podcast is going to show you how. Hi, I'm Kiona, and this is the How Not to Travel podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that travelers are thinking about more these days. Sustainable travel. Let's get into it. Recently, my newsfeed has had an influx of articles with titles like, Travel is terrible for the planet. Or, for the love of Earth, stop traveling. I even have a travel influencer friend who took a no-fly challenge. As in, she's on a mission to travel without flying ever again in order to reduce her carbon footprint. When I heard that she was doing that, it sounded like a headache, especially if you make a living off of traveling. I just couldn't wrap my head around this level of extremism. But in the back of my mind, I was like, Am I really destroying the environment by flying? Should I rethink the way I travel? I decided to check out if no flying and reducing travel really makes a difference. Let me show you what I found. First of all, let's break down why carbon dioxide is important. You see, there's these things called greenhouse gases. Carbon dioxide is just one of those greenhouse gases and they keep the earth warm. But the emission of too many greenhouse gases can raise the temperature of the Earth. And I think by now we've all seen the effects of global warming, or at least can imagine them. So by measuring carbon dioxide output, we can make cost-effective and practical solutions to lower one's carbon footprint by seeing where it all comes from. But what is a carbon footprint? The press uses this term a lot, especially when discussing sustainable travel. But did you know it didn't have a universal definition until 2014? I'll spare you the scientific definition, but it's basically how much an individual's daily choices contribute to the carbon in the air. The thing is, it's an incredibly difficult number to measure because you have to consider all relevant sources of carbon in order to calculate it. So how can a traveler measure their carbon footprint? Well, say you're going on a trip to Peru and you're flying out from Boston. You've got to take a rideshare service to the airport, then you get on the plane. When you arrive, you take a cab to get to your hotel. From there, you'll want to eat something. You want to cook, so you go on foot to a nearby market and buy some asparagus to make an asparagus salad. That's a lot of carbon. Can you pinpoint exactly where the carbon is coming from in this scenario? You probably guessed that transportation was a big source. All transportation, from cars to buses to planes and trains, they all produce carbon emissions. Some do more than others. Your flight definitely does. There is no question that air travel pumps a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. But to calculate your full carbon footprint, you'd have to find out exactly how much direct and indirect carbon is being used. Direct carbon has to do with your choices, like taking a plane instead of a more energy efficient form of transportation, or choosing to go to a supermarket instead of a local grocer to buy your veggies. But indirect carbon? Well, that's a bit more complicated. If we go back to our example, that asparagus salad is also a major source of both direct and indirect carbon. 
The direct carbon comes from your choice to purchase, cook, and eat it. But indirect carbon consists of all the carbon-emitting factors used to grow, fertilize, harvest, store, and transport your asparagus to the market, which are all out of the consumer's control. You see, a lot of factors can affect a traveler's carbon footprint. And at the end of the day, these external factors make it a guesstimate at best. That's just on an individual level. What about the rest of the world? Well, just 3% of the world's population traveled in 2017. Those 3% contribute a disproportionate amount of pollution to the air. And every year breaks a new record as travel becomes more accessible. Can you imagine the amount of carbon being added into the atmosphere by 2050? We're doomed, huh? Well, not really. Travel only contributes to 3-8% to of carbon emissions globally. One-fifth of the world's pollution is due to industrial emissions. So really, travel is just a tiny contributor to carbon emissions. So where does that leave our world-weary, sustainable traveler, hoping to make the least amount of impact on the planet? The truth is, travel might contribute to emissions, but it's also generally good for a lot of different stakeholders. Entire communities depend on tourism and discouraging air travel as we know it would have huge impacts on the livelihoods of many disadvantaged groups. In addition to redistributing funds from one side of the world to the other, travel gives access to a global brain. As we travel, meet each other, see how people live on the other side of the world and exchange ideas, it inspires change. When we talk about sustainable air travel and no-fly pledges as the solution for travelers trying to be more sustainable, we limit the conversation to one good green act. As travelers, we can do way more than just fly less. Sustainable practices are happening around the world and we can learn from that. For example, I recently traveled to Cuba and realized it was one of the most sustainable countries on the planet. Their restaurants have two-go Tupperwares that you return when you come back. They have upcycled lampshades made out of old rocking chairs and doors that are repurposed as dining room tables. The sad thing is, this isn't by choice. The ongoing US blockade limits the access to new products, which means nothing is single use, not a single thing. Speaking of single use, around the same time, one of my favorite outdoor influencers who goes by the name of Nature Chola created a movement called hashtag the hood goes green. The concept of zero waste minimizes and erases the efforts that both people of color and poor people have been practicing for generations out of necessity. It's easy for me to sit high and mighty on my sustainability horse when I can afford to live in a place that has all the resources to live a zero waste lifestyle. Nature Chola is an indigenous Oaxacan woman who started the movement to educate and encourage people to track their usage of single-use plastics in their daily lives. She also reminds her followers that everyone's accessibility to sustainability looks different. She says a one-size-fits-all solution doesn't work for everyone. Sustainability requires empathy and understanding, even for the things that don't affect you directly. Sustainability is more than just your direct impact or your footprint. Sustainability in the forms that we see on Instagram are not meant to be practiced by the masses. Rather, we need diverse solutions for diverse communities from diverse groups of people. With all that in mind, I prepared for my next trip, all the while thinking about the small changes I could make as a traveler, how I could make a difference in my own way. 
I decided to forego a plastic coffee lid when I bought coffee in the airport. And later, instead of buying a bottle of water, I drank from the water fountain, thanks to Nature Chola's daily Instagram reminders to do what you can with what you have. So, as we learned, neither tourism nor air travel will be the destruction of the planet as we know it today. But hold on now, before you go off and start traveling and flying irresponsibly, it is important that we are all aware of our impact to the environment, especially when traveling, because consumer patterns drive policy. For example, now that we know air travel has high carbon output, many travelers are making small changes around the world. Some are opting to use buses or trains when possible. Others are requesting biodegradable straws or bring their own utensils to avoid using single-use plastics. Cuba's recent influx of tourism brought a demand for paper straws, and just this year, they got them for the first time because tourists were requesting it. Farm stays and woofing are becoming popular travel activities in order to contribute to planting, growing, and putting back into the earth around the world. Sustainable travel is a whole new way of looking at where we go and how we get there. So for the love of earth, don't stop traveling. This episode was produced by Studio Ochenta, hosted and researched by me, Dr. Kiona. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez, and the music was done by Gabriel Dalmaso. Art was done by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at How Not to Travel Pod and at How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch. And for more shows from the rest of the team at Studio Ochenta, check out ochentastudio.com. Thank you, thank you for staying on past the credits. Welcome to Dr. Kiki's shout out section. This is the part where we reward you with some dope educators that I've learned from along the way. A huge shout out to Earth Wanderers, who is a Swedish traveler that has taken a no flying pledge and navigates the world by any other means necessary while documenting it. Another shout out to Mario Rigby, who walked from South Africa to North Africa and is now cycling from West Canada to East Canada. He documents his travels while using just his body to cross over large land masses. And that's a wrap. See you right back here in two weeks.